Welcome to 1001 Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. We started this podcast to talk about baffling children's books. And in my experience, nobody takes that particular kind of bafflement to a funnier place than our special guest, humorist Raquel Diapis, creator of the Ugly Volvo blog and author of Welcome to the Club, 100 Parenting Milestones You Never Saw Coming. Raquel, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. All right, Rukal, I'm going to lead us off with this first question here. So we all know how you feel about the uh, tomato-colored floor in Goodnight Moon. (laughs) (laughs) But if you could have your home um, take its design cues from any children's book out there, what do you think it would be? It could be driven by color scheme, availability of neurotic talking goldfish, etc. I mean, that's a tempting one. Uh, I, I, I was like, in my, if I could design my home it would be like a really calm room where there weren't a lot of children running around <laughs> um I, I remember as a kid someone was like if you could have your dream house what would it be and i started late all these things like a wing chairs in front of a fireplace a big library a hammock and i was like oh i'm just listing places i want to sit and read by myself um and then i turned to him and i was like what would you have in your hair in, in your uh, apartment he was like central ac and i was like oh okay um so I see. I don't know if everyone's familiar. If I had to live in a book, I do. You guys know the book Owl at Home? No, no. Owl at Home. Write write, write that down. (laughs) I love this book. It's by Arnold Lobel. Everyone loves Frog and Toad, um, and they're fine and they're great. Um, But I mean, in general, Arnold Lobel's illustrations are all like we're animals who live in a tree trunk that's really well furnished and has a library and always a wing chair. Um, a lot of like, I can read level one books that Harper Collins put out in like the late 20th century. They're like, these are very cool. Oh, just, I like, it's, it's very woodsy, but it would definitely rent out on Airbnb for like $400 a night. Um, yeah, the, I'm, if you, if, I'm, I'm always searching Airbnb for well-furnished tree trunk. That's just a well, oh, absolutely. Well, well-appointed. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, when they're in that tree trunk with yeah. like the little, the fireplace mantle before it gets flooded. Um, and then just the other day, do you, do you know the book Do His Talk by Carson Ellis? Yes. There's, this is so stupid that I would think that, but Uki, uh, who is like a one of those potato bugs, opens a tree trunk. Um, and inside is this like delightful teal room with like, with like sideboard and like, uh, little picture frames it's gorgeous and i was like i would love to live in that tree trunk with those pill bugs yeah no no quarrel there um <laughs> have you have you ever tried to deploy a children's book as part of a teachable moment only to realize that your kid doesn't care about that element of the story at all so a, a personal example is i tried to use the wild rumpus as an opportunity to talk about feelings but my son was mostly concerned with figuring out why only one wild thing had human feet which is a very legitimate question. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I, I didn't have an answer for it. So. When you've read that book 800 times, you're just like, why? And like, why does the one have a Freddy Krueger sweater? Like, <laughs> I can't see like that wild thing and Freddy Krueger have ruined those horizontal stripes for everyone. Like no one can wear those without my thinking of those two things. Um, 
Yes. I mean, is having a kid not just a series of teachable moments in which the kid learns nothing? I think that's all it <laughs> yeah. is, mainly. That and like cleaning up vomit. Um, sometimes yes. those are sometimes those are the same thing. <laughs> yes, they very often are. don't vomit here. Vomit on the hardwood, so I don't have to clean the rug. Um, yes, I have tons of those. I, I the other day just had one that was not not book related. Where I went to a I went to one sister's gender reveal. Um, but I have another sister who uh, identifies as genderqueer. So showing my son, I was like, oh, we're at a gender reveal. Um, but I was like, but, you know, there's a lot of different components to gender. So you'll, we'll be excited for your one TT, but the other, you know, keep all this stuff in mind. And when the whole thing was done, he was so excited because he just wanted a baseball that exploded full of colored sand. And I was like, oh, you don't care about any of this. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> like, but yeah, you're right. A baseball that explodes into colored sand. It's legitimately fun. Um Book-wise, there's a book by Neil Gaiman called, that's how you pronounce his name, Gaiman? Gaiman? I don't know. Um, he, it's called uh, Blueberry Girl. Have you guys read that? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Nice. Good. <laughs> I was like, I'm scoring you. Um, that one was left by this great babysitter who used to leave books at our house. Uh, I was reading him Blueberry Girl and just being like, oh, this is, you know, did, uh, keep her from spindles and sleeps at 16. It's a, it's about a female empowerment and this and, and, and how showing how this girl's going to grow up and what he wants for his daughter. Um, and he could not get past that the artist from that book draws whales wrong. Because <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys know anything about whales, but my son knows everything about whales. Um, and the whales in that book have like this very uh, swordfish-esque dorsal fin. And like there might as well not be any words the, in the, the book. The lines are all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole book is just, man, this artist f***ed up on whales. Like does not know how to draw a whale. It's so disappointing. And I was like, and you know, we hope that these girls have a, a good life for themselves. But yeah, you're right. No, he he can't draw whales. He did a terrible job. <laughs> so Rika, apart from the um, the decor in the Goodnight Moon bedroom, are there any other scenes from children books that just, you know, really drive you crazy or seem just particularly bonkers? Um, yeah, there, there are tons of them. Um, one that... This is one that I used to love when I was a kid, and it never struck me how weird it was till I was a grown up. But uh, my second son used to love the book Harry the Dirty Dog um, by Jean Zion. And if you don't know it, it's oh, a book yeah. about. Okay, you're familiar there's, with there's it. There's a bunch a of them, book. right? Oh, there's three of them, but just the okay. first one. It's illustrated only in black, white, green, and orange, which is mm. fine. It's a time period thing. Um, and it's a story about Harry, a dog who gets incredibly dirty. And then finally comes back because his family is going to be worried and his family doesn't recognize him. Um, and I just, it's like, I never noticed this. Like if I could retitle this, I would title it the world's stupidest family, pardon my language, but just <laughs> like how, like my dog could come back covered in any color of paint like he comes back he literally like howls he does all his tricks he does everything that their dog does and they go like yeah when no one's seen harry here's this dog that we're watching do like 87 things that our dog crazily also does um but man i wish we could find our dog then their dog who they still don't recognize runs away grabs a brush and goes hey could you give me a bath and they're all like yeah let's wash this stray dog in our house um I don't know. That one just always throws me for a loop. Where I'm like, this, okay. Honestly, that sounds like the part of half the Shakespeare plays that drive me crazy. Which is why, <laughs> why does nobody recognize anybody? Yeah. 
You're just like, it's not that And also, why are they giving him a bath? <laughs> I mean, I feel like both are really, like, the only time you've been like, let's take a totally stray dog in the house and we'll wash him. Oh, the one time that weren't out well is when it turned out to be your dog that you that no one in the family recognized, <laughs> including both parents. Um, the What other, I mean, I, I wrote a whole thing about the that dog who is obsessed with, like, having someone validate her hat from Go Dog Go. Because oh. just, she's so, like... <laughs> She's just like, you know, do you like my, and he's like, no, I don't. I'm like, just stop asking him if he likes it or not. Like, it doesn't matter if he likes it. He doesn't matter. Like you, like, just do you. Um, well, you know, but, what's funny is that we just recorded an episode uh, about Go Dog Go. And oh. I had, I had an abridged version that almost entirely cuts the hat like back and forth out of the book, which. Oh, the little uh, tiny one. Yeah, I have a little, I have a little tiny one, and so I was so confused because Nick was really trying to talk about this whole back and forth. I was like, I don't know, it doesn't really seem to be that big a big part of the plot. You're like, maybe I blocked that out when I read it. Yeah, we, for some reason we have that one also. I was like, oh, as much as I like get confused by it, I won't read that little one. I'm like, oh no, I want the drama of the hat nonsense. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just learning about up and down. Um, <laughs> Uh, the other weird ones are, this is a book I don't have, but I went to a friend's house. And if you're familiar with the first Babar book. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, it's a really, my wife it's a really a famous Babar, book. Yeah. I guess I had, I had not read it or not read it well, but then I, I mean, I read it at her house. And so he's in, he has a very loving mother who's like rocking him in a hammock. And then they have a scene where they're like, he learns to play and he grows there. Here's him digging in the sand with a shell. And then the next page his mom gets killed by a hunter. Sure. Like literally next page, yeah. he runs away from the hunter and then immediately he goes to Paris somehow. I'm not sure exactly how that happens. Sees two gentlemen and he's like, my, they are well-dressed. And he realizes what he really needs is a suit of fine clothes. Um, and just as a mother who's like giving so much of herself to her kids and to see this elephant who's like oh well my mom got knocked off by this hunter but two pages later he's like you know what i really need is a nice suit and pants so i look like a gentleman and then some old lady who it literally says something crazy where it's like a rich old lady who had always been fond of little elephants and who just inherently knows that he wants a fine suit and then she just gives him her wallet and then he just goes to buy a suit and then lives with her and then later on in the book marries his cousin you know when you put it that way that, that <laughs> I, I i feel like i never really picked up on a lot, of, a lot of that either like i i kept reading i was like is this a parody of the real babar that became very famous or is this is this the book like is this what happens um because i don't own that one and now i'm but yeah just as a mom you're you're working so hard and that first shot where she's rocking Babar and you're like, never mind, I don't even matter. All they want is to go to Paris and look nice and get adopted by a very rich old woman who will give them whatever they want, which may also be true, honestly, who knows? Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, other than that, I just all, all the weird books. If you want to read a really weird book, I always recommend uh, Maurice Sendak's Outside Over There, uh, which isn't even, it's not like I'm interpreting it weird. I mean, not like I'm interpreting Babar weird. That's really just how that book is. I don't know what's wrong. Well, but I, I Outside... Like that's funny because I feel like Maurice Syndex, uh, like the usual like weird one is like the night kitchen, which is supposed to be like the really, but oh, I guess, okay. I guess there's the, the, the a lot, there's a lot. Of so if you guys think night kitchen is weird, um, go check. A friend gave me a copy of outside over there. And on one of the pages, she left a post-it that says, and I'm reading, the, this is the page that taught me the concept of fear. 
Um, <laughs> it's basically the story of, do you know the movie Labyrinth? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. With the, the, oh. the Dave, yeah. The David Bowie. Uh... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That one. Um, which I think at the end of Labyrinth, they even said like, oh, like we kind of like this came from the same source as the book outside over there. It's like these faceless black goblins that look like like the the demon king from the Black Cauldron come in, steal a baby, leave a baby made of ice, which is just completely terrifying. Um, if you want to see. Yeah. If you think in the night kitchen is weird. Just take a gander at outside right. over there. My, my kid's obviously still struggling with just the human feet and where the wild things are. I don't know. He's ready to level, level up. Level three send back. <laughs> right. and, and they're all drawn completely. I mean, there's some really weird human feet in this one also, but also that why in night kitchen where he's just butt naked, yeah, uh, inexplicably, I, I would it, say. Like, yeah, there's this. <laughs> but the inexplicably is the what? What? And I'm like, it's fine. Yeah, it's life. It's it's a kid. I don't make a big deal of it whenever I read it to my kid because he also is obsessed with that one. But I will say that in outside over there, there is a page here with one, two, three, four, five babies. All of them are naked with nothing showing. So I was like, all right. So night kitchen. That was a real intentional choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, every book, as soon as I read it 10 times, I realize how ridiculous it is. But that also doesn't mean that they're not great. I was like, I love a lot of them. God, my kids love some of the weirdest ones. Um, but yeah, they are they are weird. Well, I would say you've already um, given me, given us three or four different recommendations. But if you had to, <laughs> to pick something that you think is especially underrated or unknown, is there any other book that you'd uh, ask us to put on the list? Oh man. Um, yeah. I never know what's known and what, like I thought everyone knew Owl at home and now I'm like, Oh, I love Owl. That's, that's like an early reader, but that's one of my favorites. Um, do his talk. You guys know what's, there's a weird one called rude cakes by a guy named Robo hmm. Watkins. Um, like birthday cakes, like, yeah. Birthday okay. cakes that are alive. Um, and all of the characters are either desserts or cyclopses. Oh. Um, <laughs> And it, and it's a book about being polite. Yeah, you know, just the natural progression of things. That's the classic dichotomy. Yeah, it is cakes and cyclopses, and it is. But it's like whenever I have to go somewhere and read a book, and I want to read a book that kids probably haven't heard, I usually bring rude cakes. Um, I what else? I really like the book. Nobody likes a goblin, and by I really like, I mean my son is obsessed with, and I can stand, and it's not crazily creepy. So I'm not recommending something really weird, although really. Everyone, just get a copy of Outside over there. It's, it's so, like it's a Caldecott honor book, in which the first picture of the mother she looks like James McAvoy in a dress. <laughs> like it's it's just a really weird. And there's like a beautifully illustrated German Shepherd, and then everything else is terrifying. Um, yeah, no, yeah. you've given us a shelf, so oh please, <laughs> and no, this is this, this has been uh, exceeded our already very high expectations, um, and then now even uh, even though you've listed all your uh, objections to the book, would you mind uh, closing us out with the, the the final lines of Goodnight Moon? I if I am not looking at the colors, I will happily redo the final lines, um, which are uh, Good night, comb. Good night, brush. Good night, nobody. Good night, mush, and good night to the old lady whispering, hush. Good night, stars. Good night, air. Good night, noises everywhere. If you enjoyed this episode, 
check out our other content at 1001goodnights.com and help us out with a rating on your podcast platform of choice.